seem like you might have the same issue that I and I know Zach has, which is I can't stop making sauces in my brain. Am I <laughs> am I right, or am I yes. completely wrong? Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I'm constantly doing that as well. Welcome to Flavor Balance Heat, the podcast for hot sauce lovers and makers. I'm Spike. And I'm Zach. And we're joined by Tim Paulman. Hey there. <laughs> Hi, Tim. <laughs> Welcome to our shit show. This Glad is, to be a uh, part of it. Thanks for having me. I've been excited about this one because I tried your Nepalis sauce. Uh, oh, yeah. Zach sent it to me a couple months ago. And uh, it was one of those revelation sauces for me when I just, I'm like, okay, you know. I- you get those every so often, and they're really nice. I, I really, really like that. And the smoked strawberry, which Zach brought for uh, Show & Tell. We were doing, uh, Show & Tell was where we were sending everybody the same sauce, and that got mm-hmm. to be a bit much. And But he sent me that and uh, didn't know I don't like strawberries, but I like, to, I like to be surprised by something I don't necessarily like and have it change my mind, and it was definitely one of those. I love it. It's really oh, good fantastic. sauce. So how did you get into the hot sauce industry? So I was in the, the tech world for quite a while, and it was driving me a little batty. And um, I think it was around a Christmas time. I had started just trying to make a hot sauce to give to friends and family as a Christmas present. Um, I had brewed beer years before when I was in college. When I moved to San Diego, there was just no room for any brew equipment or anything else. So my, <laughs> my capacity for making anything just shrunk to basically nothing. So I... Decided to give hot sauce a try. Uh, it was pretty well received by the friends and family. I moved into a different place, started getting some plants in the ground, growing a bunch of those. And then when those plants came to maturity, I had to do something with the peppers. So I continued just tweaking the recipes. And I had a, a built-in test group, I guess you would say. You know, I was conducting A-B testing every time I'd make a batch and here, try this, here, try that. Yeah. And find out find out what people like, what they didn't like. And I just tweaked down about two or three different recipes that were pretty solid. And I decided to, I had been at the job that I was at for six years by that point. So I was kind of ready to move on and to figure figured I would give it a go. And started uh, Palman Acre professionally in it was July 4th, 2014. So I'm coming up on 10 years. Oh, wow. And so I did that for about a year and a half. It was entirely bootstrapping Palm and Acre, uh, getting all the licensing right, you know, getting to markets, making the product. I had to go back to work for about two years. And then in September of 2017, I gave it trial number two and have been going nonstop since. That's fantastic. What was the first sauce you brought to market? Yeah. It was the smoked pepper sauce. I had about three different variants of that smoked pepper sauce. And it was it was different from anything else that was out there at the market, at least at the time. It was a it was a pretty unique product and I felt like I had something that was not your your typical hot sauce. And I know every sauce maker says that, but it was it was genuinely something new and different. So I decided to give it a go. Well in two thousand fourteen I can definitely see that being the case. You know, you talk about catching the wave at the right time. Holy moly, (laughs) man. 2014 is the best time to start a hot sauce business. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think it's challenging no matter when you start. But yeah, for sure. The the market wasn't nearly as crowded in 2014 as it is in 2023. Yeah, yeah. Get in good, solid start and then uh, hot ones 
kind of blows everything up and you're right at the peak of that. That's perfect. That's fantastic. So uh, you seem to have a clear hot sauce philosophy. At least I was looking on your website and I, it seems pretty clear, like you know exactly what, what you are and what you're about. Can you explain it a little bit to us? I've always viewed hot sauce as a bit of an expression, you know, similar to you know any other creative endeavor, um, music, poetry, whatever. There, there are certain songs that you can listen to and you know exactly who it is just by the properties of the song. And I feel like there's a similar thing in the hot sauce world where there are certain brands that when you taste that brand, you know exactly who it is, even if you don't know who it is. There's a philosophy that hot sauce is a commodity and you sell X number of units and the line goes up and that's what we want. And, you know, with the nature of business, that's always a factor. But there's always much more of, a, of an artistic expression that I, I try to lean into, hopefully successfully. I agree. I think those are the people that I'm drawn to. Zach is one of those people uh, For sure. who does that. Um, and, I, and I think that comes from, for me at least, I, I was in writing school. And I, I was a writer before I became a cook and a chef. So it was just another extension of that creativity for me. I noticed uh, on all your bottles I've seen, I, you have the uh, Warren Zevon quote, enjoy every sandwich, which by the I way, <laughs> I have planned to get put right here uh, on <laughs> my hand. I've been planning that tattoo for, well, five years probably or whatever. I, I get a lot of. A lot of funny questions about that. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Enjoy yes. every sandwich. From the Letterman's interview. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I saw it right away. I was like, all right. Yeah, yeah. You, either, you either get it immediately or you don't. Yeah, yeah. So how did you and Jay connect to create California Hot Sauce Solutions? It was uh, fall of 2018, somewhere around there. Uh, I was taking my daughter to a field trip in Temecula. They were going to some museum out there. And I decided I would go along because there was a hot sauce shop out there that I was going to show up and pitch some product to. <laughs> so while she was at the museum, you know, doing the school thing. I stepped away and went into the, the hot sauce shop and pitched to him. And they said, this stuff looks great. Unfortunately, the landlord has pulled our lease and we're actually going out of business. We're trying to reopen across the street, but we've got a lot of product that we're, we're really just looking to, to liquidate the product here. I said, oh, shit, sorry to hear that. So took a look at what they had and I saw there was some Jay's taco there. And I had I had seen Jay's brand before, but I had never tried it. So I picked that up, picked up, you know, half dozen other things and then came back home. And I started looking at Jay's packaging and I noticed he was in L.A. I'm in San Diego. Uh, he was doing a lot of stuff himself. So I just. Shouted out to him on uh, on social media, introduced myself, said, hey, you know, I tried this product. It's great. Here, let me send you some of mine. And then we just got to talking, got to talking. And the, the, the questions eventually turned to, well, wait a minute, who's making your product? Oh, well, who's making your product? Oh, well, maybe if we maybe if we combine our forces, we can bring the overhead of both of our products down. So, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And then the split second that we did that, other people that we knew throughout the hot sauce industry said, wait a minute, you guys are making hot sauce now? Do you want to make my sauce? Kind of reluctantly, yeah, sure, okay. And then that just started a, a boulder rolling off the cliff that, that we still haven't seen the end of. Just one person to another person to another person. That's We've got awesome. About 60 different brands now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so they run, a, they run a lot of product for uh, <laughs> such a small company. Yeah, yes, that's fantastic. Wow. All right. So um, it seems like I now I, I I put a little note on the on my notes here, making your brand a community, and it seems kind of like that's something that you you do basically through uh, the the music theme that you have. Uh, I, I love that through all your is it all your bottles? Do you just do you go for that every time the music theme, or is it something you just happen to notice? It kind of varies. There are some that I really push that on. If you're in the know, you know, and if you don't know, then it, it kind of you know 
raises a question mark above your head. So there are some products <laughs> that I want I want to be much more uh, widespread, but I've moved away from the musical theme a bit. Um, the the smoke sauce, I used to have all these crazy Deadhead-inspired name. It was like uh, Mango Mojo Daydream and Pina Lava Sunshine, like all this crazy <laughs> stuff. And I thought, I thought it was brilliant. But, you know, people would look at that product and be like, what the hell? Is, is this a shampoo? Like, what what is this? I just had no idea. So I, just, I just had to condense it down to smoked pepper hot sauce. And everybody, oh, okay, I think I know what that means now. Yeah, I do the same thing. I had one uh, that I just recently had to really narrow down because it was, we worked with a local beer company. And so their name was Hungadunga and it was Hungadunga, but it was our mustard sauce just with added beer. So that's black and gold. So Hungadunga black yeah. and gold beer mustard. And people yeah. didn't have, they would say black and gold and they would know which one it was. And it was this and it was that. And, it, and so then I got rid of Hungadunga and it was black and gold beer mustard and they still didn't know what was going on. So I got rid of everything. And now it just says beer mustard hot sauce and they're yeah, like oh yeah go. all right i'm on board yep. <laughs> sometimes you just gotta you know be straight and direct and to the point yeah very yeah. similar with the uh the fermented garlic hot sauce <laughs> you oh, know yeah. just, just very straight to the point this is what it is and i find with some of mine the name of it ends up just being an afterthought we've got a red flower which nobody ever calls red flower it's korean sriracha and that's that's what everybody knows it as. They don't even care about the name Red Flower, even though it has a beautiful like red flower on it. So co-packing, first of all, how, how do you juggle that with your own sauces? That's got to be hard because you have your own priorities. You know, you get orders in and you're like, oh, we've got this big order coming up. And then you've mm -hmm. got big orders from other people. And we've done uh, our, a little bit of that. It's tough to decide what's going to go first when you really need it. When, yeah. when, when it's a dead heat as to how important it is to get it done. That's hard. How do you do that? One of the, I wear a lot of hats in the company. And one of the things that I do, one of the primary things that I do is land planes. So I'm constantly the one that's trying to figure out the schedule of when this thing goes in and that thing goes out and this schedule. I'm taking the calls from the, the customers for placing the orders, trying to schedule it out through the state release. Uh, in California, we have uh, state cannery releases. So every two weeks, the state of California comes through and they look at all the product that we've run. We test the pH together. They review our notes and then they sign off on it. So oh, everything wow. has to they have to sit in our warehouse until that we get that that sign off from the the state of California. Oh my god! So it's it's mainly about scheduling out those two week sprints where I've got I know what's what's happening in this two week and and, and what needs to be released when. Um, it, it's challenging. Think of how uh, obnoxious it is to make sure that you've got all of the ingredients and packaging and labels and everything else for your own product. And then multiply that, you know, by sometimes as much as 10 different products in a week. It's just, yeah. it's, it's maddening sometimes. So to answer your question, it is, it is very difficult to, to figure out how to slot these things when and where. And when you've got both and you have to make both just as important, mm -hmm. I find it really hard. It's like a stepchild. You have to, okay, this has to be as important to me as the other thing that I do that I made. And you have to consciously keep reminding, at least for me, I have to con consciously remind myself, this is just just as important as the thing that you made, you know? Right. It, um, it's mainly, it's mainly timeline that dictates that it's very rare that you have two things that are the exact same priority with the exact same timeline that are in conflict. Uh, it's usually for this next two weeks, I've, if I've got 14 things to go into that pipeline, I know that 10 of them are priority due to timeline constraints. Uh, and of those 10, maybe seven of them actually have everything here in the warehouse already. We're not waiting on a special delivery of, you know, mash or, or bottles or whatever 
Yeah, coconut so it, milk. It's coconut milk. <laughs> it's, it usually works itself out with just a little bit of massaging. Awesome. That's really good to know. Until someone from Arizona uh, calls up and says, hey, I need like uh, 24,000 bottles ran ASAP. <laughs> yeah, that, do- that does happen. <laughs> it's definitely happened. <laughs> So let's talk about ingredients, Tim. Yeah, um, yes, that sir. was actually my next I, I know you're, you 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 specifically choose ingredients for your sauce, and I know there's particular things that you won't use in your sauce. If someone comes to you and wants a product co-pack that requires an ingredient that you personally refuse to use, will you still make that product? Um, short answer is yes. We have people that use xanthan. That's a pretty regular occurrence. I don't really use xanthan in my own product. Not that I'm opposed to xanthan necessarily. I just don't think it fits the brand so i tend to keep it out um but that one's super common i think some other examples will be hey we want to use this product that comes in a bucket and it's you know um a, a frozen garlic puree you know we just dump that in there and keep going it's not something that i would use but i have zero problem if that's what they want in their brand uh, there's a lot of examples like that. I think the only things that would really be a no-go are animal proteins. And we have had people come in uh, the shop and ask for products being made with butter or bouillon, uh, bouillon something like that. And most of those are, are a definite no. No dairy, no animal proteins. Yeah, you have USDA um, at that point you have to deal with. Yeah, that. yeah, it, it, it changes our hood requirements. It changes a lot of stuff just as soon as that, that uh, animal protein gets pro- added. Changes your cleaning process. Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. Sure. What if somebody were to ask about like potassium sorbate or, uh, you know, sodium bisulfate? Do you feel comfortable? Because I, I would have a hard time with that one. We, uh, we have used both. Yes. Have you? Don't yeah. like it and strongly recommend that they not do that. And yeah. of, of the 60 brands that we have manufactured for i can think of one for sure maybe two that have ever done that and at that point but by the time they had come to us they had already had the product at market uh they had already been through several co-packers and they were not changing anything in the product which i understand and i respect um but that stuff's a little rough yeah and i don't like i mean i get why people use it um especially for like if you want your stuff on restaurant tables Um, it's, you know, we have that and we don't use those chemicals, but I understand why people would want it because it's tempting. It's tempting to make sure that nothing's going to explode. Um, if somebody tries to marry something, things like that. Um, right. But it's, it's a line too far for me. Uh, we do use xanthan. I like the, the texture of xanthan gum, but I don't like the, uh, I just don't like that step into preservatives like that. I'd rather use more natural preservatives. I completely agree. And it does put off, put off some, some vapors that are a little rough. Oh, I bet. So I know we asked this question to uh, Robert last week, but let's talk about hot sauce in hot sauce with Tim since he made many products. That I love that. Yes. One of the ingredients is 100% hot sauce. <laughs> yes, I have seen that. that. Hot sauce in hot sauce, I am fundamentally opposed to. There is the other side of the coin, which is hot sauce in barbecue sauce, which I see more often than hot sauce and hot sauce uh it's hot sauce and hot sauce seems to be uh slightly unethical from a recipe generation standpoint yeah anytime we see anytime we see that coming in we strongly recommend that hey you know you can figure out how to make your hot sauce without including hot sauce as an ingredient and it's usually cheaper yeah right i mean it should be cheaper (laughs) you know you've already paid for the process once right (laughs) Yeah, I know a few 
that have done that. And I don't understand it when you can get it, you can make it cheaper, but you know, to each his own, I guess. Um, but I wouldn't do that. I couldn't either, either. If, you know, if somebody had asked me to do that, I'd say no. I've noticed, so I've never, is this the official? So on your website, it talks about white labels. Is that what that's called? We call it relabeling. We do it for a few different places, but I didn't know what the official term is. You know, I white label. Yeah. White uh, labeling. Yeah. You take a, a product that's ready-made and just slap somebody else's label on there. Yeah. So we do that for Steve. Actually, I think next week week after that we're going to have uh steve snakesweary we make six of their sauces and out of shreveport and it's just our sauces that we rebrand um and also the heavy metal shop in salt lake city and i've done it for different bands and yeah. i love i love doing it for bands that's my favorite yes. thing <laughs> we've had some local businesses uh in the san diego area that they come in and they say hey we're looking we, we, can you help us make a hot sauce and the next question is do you have do you have a recipe or an idea where you want to go with it no not really we just want a hot sauce we say hey well we've got you know this small handful over here that we would make available for white label if you're interested in that um and that seems to be pretty well received you know, yeah. we can keep the we can keep the quantities low. We can keep the price low. It's already through all the legal channels that it needs to be. So it's super quick to market. So if somebody comes in, you know, at the first of the month, we could probably have them ready to go by mid month. You know, assuming the labels are there. Yeah, so yeah. It's a it's a quick turnaround. Designing so, one with somebody's tough. I'm sorry, Zach. Go ahead. I was going to say, what it, uh, can you explain the process of what it takes to bring a product to market in California? Because it's pretty different for you guys than it is for everyone else yeah with the exception of maybe new york so we operate under the california department of public health there are two licenses that we operate under there one is called pfr which is processed food registration the processor package i forget it's, it's the pfr and then there's the cannery license uh the cannery license is the acidified food product license most of the hot sauces that we make fall under the, the cannery license because you're adding acidification to bring the pH down. Uh, and as part of that program, we submit our recipe up to UC Davis, who's the process authority. They review the recipe, review the process, send us back the process letter that says, yes, based on these parameters, you can manufacture this product uh, so long as you keep it below this pH, this hold, this hold time, all that good stuff. Once we have that letter, we can manufacture the product. Uh, when the product is manufactured, it sits in our warehouse until the next time the the state comes through our facility to review the notes uh review all of the the parameters and do a ph test with us and at that point the product is released and then we can uh, return it back out to the brand donor date comes uh -huh. through about about every two weeks and do they charge you to come out and oversee oh, yeah. your oh, operation yeah. oh yeah and do they do that yeah. to hot sauce makers at all levels or is it because you're a co-packer and you're much larger it's it's somebody. at all levels that's amazing i actually i'm that's fantastic I, sucks to have it at extra pay out but my goodness because there's so many cowboy hot sauce makers out there that uh it's nice to know that they're more strict in california there is uh, the other side of the coin the pfr license uh if the product that you're adding uh, is uh, a lot of so if, if you were to do a standard vinegar salt dry pepper hot sauce that would fall under it should fall under a pfr license at which point you submit that recipe one time they send you back the the process letter that says hey this falls under pfr and then no additional scrutiny is really required because there's nothing in that product that they're concerned about from a safety standpoint. No, if no you're adding, fresh vegetables, no garlic, right. no shallots, no onions, right. no, none of the things that are 
considered uh, foods that will cause problems. Yes. And if even if it's fresh material, if that fresh material is already naturally acidic, so just by combining all those ingredients together before you add the vinegar or the citrus, you're already sitting at, you know, well below 4.6. That will also push you into the PFR side of the house as well. That's our uh, our bizarro sauce. The cranberry habanero we have is it's already an acid. There's no, yeah. you know. It's the same with our uh, raspberry sauce that the yeah. pH on that is super low, like 3.0. Yep. Yeah. I could probably take the vinegar out of that sauce and just use water. But yeah, you know, awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. We started out in Washington, um, and uh, they were much more strict, and it was it was really a big change for us. So in Washington, um, Zach has the same issue in Arizona, from what I understand. In Washington, they came down from Spokane. They grilled us for two hours at the restaurant we were at. Um, saw that we knew what we were doing, or when we moved. Two months later, we moved over to Idaho. I called up the local authorities to see what I needed to do. And they said, you're being overseen by the FDA. And in Idaho, you don't have anything else. Right. That's, that's it. And so, okay. But I was grateful for that initial kind of grilling we got because it set the tone for everything we do now. Yes. If it weren't for that, um, who knows? You know, uh, we would have not known anything and it would have been pretty clumsy in the way we would have begun everything. So, yeah. I mean, Arizona is yeah. kind of the same Wild West philosophy about, you know, the local health departments. Like, we don't want a damn thing to do with you. Uh, you're regulated by the FDA. Yeah, they're already overtaxed. They, uh, and I don't mean overtaxed, but I mean overtaxed work wise, and they can't keep up. So they don't want to have anything to do with anything extra if they can avoid it. Um, yeah. How long have you and Jay had California Hot Sauce Solutions? Did you answer that already? 2018, right? 2018. So we actually just turned five. Oh, me too. Yeah. Me Yeah. Uh, so a month away. Yeah. Have you ever had a issue with a product blowing up or I any gotten, other bottling issues for that matter? It doesn't have to be a product blowing up. I've gotten samples from people that blow up. I have heard of product that has been open and sitting in the sun and then it blows up, <clears throat> which is, you know, not terribly uncommon and you can explain it away pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, but as far as anything, the product unopened blowing up, knock on wood. No, sir. We have never had any sort of issue like that, that we would have to recall. And we get yeah. phone calls from people. I'm sure you get more, um, but we get phone calls from people starting up all the time uh, or email or whatever that are asking about how to start up their company. And I, the whole thing I have to explain to them is, so you may think you know what you're doing and you probably do, you know, you probably know exactly what you're doing, but if you aren't careful and you don't have a plan, the spices you're using, you know, bought from the right places, they could come to you and say, Hey, uh, guess what? That has metal shavings in it. Um, you're going to have to do a recall it has nothing to do with you. That's and right. guess what? That's where you're at right now. Um, and they just don't think of that as being a part of their world. Uh, they just think they're making a hot sauce and just rolling along. It is much more dangerous than people realize. You got to take it seriously. It, there is no such thing as keeping too many records. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everything that comes in the door, everything that goes in the bottle, you know, time, temperature logs, all that stuff, everything. We've, we've got a, a binder probably that thick for every year that we manufacture. And that's just one of multiple binders from that same year. And we keep, we keep little one ounce sample bottles of, of everything that we run that ends up eating up a lot of room. Oh yeah. 
a little well, one ounce, you know, test cup that we hot pack along with about three one ounce test cups of every sauce. You talk about us? Yeah. And we do we do four. Oh, do you do four? Cups. But one is for testing the pH at 48 hours later. Yes. One is for testing the day of the inspection by the state. One gets sent up to UC Davis after the testing from the state. And one we keep in our in our folder for forever and ever as our own sample. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say for all time. We let it get through the expiration period. And then, you know, if it's a two-year expiration and it's, it's at year three, we'll start throwing that stuff out. But, yeah, we will hang on to it for at least – Two to three years. It's more a question of if anything ever comes up, you know, hey, we've got our own sample. Yeah, we don't have to rely sense. on samples coming back to us. We can send ours directly off to the lab. That makes perfect sense. In like my case, like I had to send bad product. I knew the, the product was bad. You know what I mean? The co-packer refused to send product off to the lab. I had to send product that was clearly not any good yeah. to a lab to figure out what was going on. That's and amazing. Fuck those guys, man. Yeah, seriously. That's just that ridiculous. Whole story, that whole story makes me angry every time I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got to tell you guys, I, I appreciate this stuff. So when I hear things like that, um, I do uh, like to look at how we're doing everything and change things up. So if you use the, I've got these little one ounce sample cups, basically lab cups, and I can stack four of them into one of the slots on a five ounce 12 pack. So I can get, you know, four by by 12. I can get 48 of them into a 12 pack. So I can store quite a bit per case and then just slide those away. That's nice. And you must do huge batches. We do. It's usually about 80 gallons per day for hot sauce. For some of the other products that we do, we'll get as high as 160, sometimes even 200 gallons. Uh, but that really only works when it's all going into gallon jugs. You know, it, the, the fill when you're at that level goes so quickly that we can just flip those kettles, you know, repeatedly, one right after the other. Yeah. But for the hot sauce going into the five ounces, those fills, 80 is usually our, our maximum for the day. What kind of other products do you do? Uh, we do some barbecue sauce. We've got some, there's a local restaurant that has their own hot sauce that they bottle into gallons. They've got a ketchup that they bottle into gallons. We've done spicy jams. We had done a vegan mayo at one point for a local startup years and years ago. Um, but we, we primarily try to stick to hot sauce these days. Hot sauce and five ounce bottles is our sweet spot. Yeah, uh, mayo have, being a mess. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a vegan mayo too. So it was, it was an odd product, but it actually worked strangely enough. I can see but that. that. Oil and. Uh, soy milk basically yeah they had like this it wasn't really a, a patented technique but they had kind of a special technique to get that that froth all whipped up it was pretty yeah. they moved to tennessee um and i don't know if they're still making the product but my wife is vegan and as far as vegan mayo goes it was pretty good i was pretty surprised with the product so that's it, it awesome. worked well yeah so let me ask you uh when you fill gallon jugs does the process change at all because clearly when you're putting it in glass you know uh I believe your fill temp is above 180, correct? It is above, typically above 180, yes. Yes. So, well, I, and I understand that ultimately depends on the pH of the sauce. And so when you're putting it in the gallon jugs, obviously they're plastic. What's your fill temp on those? Uh, HDPE will actually survive a uh, hot fill pretty well. Oh, nice. So you'll, you'll start to get a little bit of deformation if you're really hot going into it, but HDPE does pretty well with hot fill. Yeah, we and do. A lot of times we, we've got like the wide mouth uh, HDPE, which is even a little bit stronger than say your typical you know uh, vinegar jug kind of thing yeah. so that even survives some of the deformation a little bit better we have these and we use yeah. the hdpe it's great i love this stuff i it's, used to pack into those those bottles as well they're really nice to use uh and they um they handle the heat very very well um, we had to get it the, we had to get, had to get extra thick though because it did deform pretty yes well. yes um how are you sealing those are you doing uh the pressure, pressure yeah seal? yeah it's got the 
I, this one might be open. Is it open? No. Yeah, it's got it. There we yeah, go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I had used pressure seal years ago, and we had switched over to the um, the machine the, the heat thing. Seal. Yeah. Yeah. And prior to COVID, we ran those bottles with that that heat seal on there, and it worked really well. Somewhere in the middle of COVID, the next time we bought those bottles, I could not get that heat seal to work to save my life. Really? And we, yeah. And like we tried a bunch of different types, a bunch of different brands, and we fought with it until we finally. I even get brought in a new induction uh, machine because it was bothering me so bad, and like that machine worked okay. We were able to get the seal, but it was still just kind of kind of funky. And I was everything's maybe... gotten like that. No, we just went with the pressure. They they were willing to do it, and it was the same price, so we just went with the pressure. And I didn't know if it was the bottle or if it was the liner, or if it was my machine that went bad. We struggled with those. We've struggled the the plastic over the last year. We started a year ago. Um, we uh, did a sauce with Alton Brown. We're doing it again this year, and um, that sauce was the first plastic we ever did. And it was a learning experience with like, it was a big deal. And I was freaking out the entire time and we had deformation and we had to figure that out, the banding and all that. And, uh, yep. but we just had, you have to be really exact about your temps and yep. if you're really exact about your temps, you're fine. So we just had to temp it like all the time. And if we did that, we were good. It's amazing what five degrees will do for the deformation at oh, the end man. of the process. Yeah. And then how you cool it. If any airflow is going over it, it can cool it too fast and make them deform. You have to let mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at a certain rate it's wild and don't stack on top of them either <laughs> no and don't stick them in the box too soon because <laughs> yep. then they, all the heat concentrates and they all deform <laughs> do you guys get a lot of the hot sauce influencers that try and request free sauce not so much. yeah yeah it's, i'm it's, still getting them it's a semi-regular occurrence for sure yeah yeah my favorite thing so i i have a discount on my website for influencers it's uh, I, I changed it. It was like something pretty like uh, I'm too cheap it used to, to buy. Be not really a discount. Oh, that's yeah, that's what it was. Not really a <laughs> discount. Fifty, but it was only one percent. Now it's uh, influencers seventy five, and it's only a one percent discount. <laughs> no, no. Like, I miss your emails about the latest one. I'm kind of bummed that you're not getting hit up anymore. <laughs> I think people. People realize it's not that I'm not in the market of sending out free sauce, but if you legit uh, reach out to me and tell me it's going to be $100 to mention my product on your podcast with like 50 listeners, I'm, I'm right. Like, and free sauce. So you want me to pay you, give you free product, maybe 50 people will hear about my company. And I know that sounds like a dick thing to say, but I mean, ultimately it's, it's money. It's more than $50. It's more than just sauce. It's, you know, it's shipping. It's, it's, it's a whole thing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There are times, you know, sometimes I've got, I've gotten called out by people because sometimes I'll send something to somebody. I'll, I don't know. I see something, I see them trying to do something and I'll think I'm going to go ahead and send this one for whatever reason I've chosen a bottle of sauce or a couple bottles of sauce. Um, and somebody else has called me out for that. And I'm like, you know what, for whatever reason I chose to do that, but I'm not, I can't do that with everybody, man. It's just yeah, not the way it it's, works. It's my sauce. It's my brand. I'm going to send who I want to send yeah. to ultimately. And while we're on this topic, I feel like, uh, this would be a good spinoff. How do you all feel about the influencers that are reviewing all of these uh, small batch homemakers that are not legal. Do you yeah. think it's good for the community or bad for the community? It, it's bad. Or the industry? I think the, the answer to that question depends on whether or not they've got them for sale. If this is someone that is contacting an influencer and says, hey, uh, you know, I'm really looking to get into the game. 
this is what I'm working towards. Would just like to get your your feel for it, see what you think about it. I think there's value there. If it's for if it's for sale in a in a capacity that is not legal, I think the community at large should probably do everything they can to avoid monetizing that. I agree. Yeah, one hundred percent. I've just been seeing it a lot lately, and it's, they'll have links to websites or Instagrams or Facebooks, and it's just, it just kind of makes me a little crazy. I I, tr- I try not to think about it, but at the same time, it's hi. I my brain doesn't shut the fuck up, so. <laughs> yeah yeah I, but i feel the same way it's it it degrades the hot sauce community degrades our products all across the board um we work really hard to do everything the right way and if there's i mean i think more than 50 percent out there not doing it the way you're supposed to um it's gonna make us all look bad and more and more popping up every day oh man like if you're if you're getting in the game, get in the game, even if it's just your side gig or whatever. Like yeah. you, you got to be above board. Uh, the one sticking point with those guys, I, I swear, I'll, I'll tell them all the little stuff they gotta buy. You know, here's the beer kettle. Here's the I, I go out of my way to make sure and tell them all the things they could they need to know, because I think community is more important than competition. And I'll say, and better food handling. You need to take that class. Mm-hmm. It's really important. And it's four hundred bucks. Go go. Just that that. You need to knock that off the top right away, and they don't do it. Um, you got to do it. You know, it's just that's the most important thing. Got to know what you're doing. All right. Well, uh, let's see. I've got so I've got this question that Zach hates. It's dumbest question on the planet. Dude. <laughs> I don't think it's the dumbest question, and I'll, I'll tell you why. So uh, I'm going to change it up a little bit. It's my, the desert island hot sauce. So. You're on a desert island and you get one sauce, you know, a, a pallet of it's going to pull up. You, your other things will float up, whatever you want to eat, but you get one sauce. And the reason why I think it's an important question, and I actually may have changed this on my, my, my answer to this recently. Huh. The reason I think it's an important question is because there's a lot of different sauces out there that are great for individual foods. But what is the best sauce just across the board for, to put on a whole bunch of different foods? And What's it can't a really be something good that you make? Yeah, it can't be anything you make. Can't be anything we make either. I, I might blow some minds here, but I, I like Valentine's. That's my go-to when I'm at the really? grocery store, and I'm just <laughs> trying to find one that's just going to work across the board. Or uh, <laughs> I used to go to <laughs> um, uh, the the chili shop in Cincinnati, Skyline Chili, and they would always have bottles of Crystal sitting on a table, and I think they even relabeled them as as their Skyline or whatever. And for whatever reason, that sauce has become in, embedded into my brain that anytime I eat chili, it's Crystal hot sauce that I that I reach for. I know that's crazy, but it's one of those things where all sauces have a place. <laughs> and, <laughs> And that's if I'm going on a desert island and, you know, I got to eat bugs and worms and whatever, I'm going to go with, with either Valentine's or Crystal. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> True story. Valentine, uh, it's Valentina's, isn't it? Or is it Valentine's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was so, you, you being in Southern California, my version of that is Pico Pica that Zach hates. Okay, yeah, there you go. I like Pico Pica. That actually, darn it, I'm changing my answer again. Pico Pica's my answer. <laughs> okay, so in all fairness, okay, in all fairness, that sauce on its own is too salty for me. And I don't care if it says 70 milligrams of sodium. No, it's way higher than that. It is way <laughs> higher than that. On food, I would probably enjoy it more. Or if I like cooked it into 
some ground turkey for tacos or something like i will definitely use that as an ingredient eating it on its own was not for me <laughs> no and it was it was definitely more than 70 milligrams well, it was 100 percent. i mean twice that at least we, we sampled it on the show here and it was just like whoa i don't remember it being this salty <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I've got a happy taco one. We've got one called happy tacos. I'm going to send you some, I always send the guests some sauce. So I'll send you some oh, perfect. happy taco. I will happily reciprocate. I love that. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, your sauces. Uh, God, that peach one. I liked a lot. Thank you. Uh, that is really good. Uh, and I like smoke, so that helps. Um, yeah. you know, and we, we never use the, the liquid smoke. I mean, we do, we do it, you know, the hard way and make sure that it's got proper smoke in there rather than just, you know, dumped out of a gallon jug. I've got one. I have to admit I used liquid smoke on, but I was a little particular about it. Um, it's uh, our corporate line. We do one called Vandal Pepper Sauce, and then we have the Irish Spikes. I wouldn't yep. use liquid smoke in Irish, any of the Irish Spikes one, but the corporate line, I was okay with that. And it actually came out really good. It's a smoky apple and chipotle. I like it. I still use it. Um, it's a good, just standard. It's like eating Valentines or Valentines yeah. or, you know, it's one right. of those. All right. I, you know, I'll get on board with whatever they're throwing in there. It works somehow. <laughs> yeah. So. The California hot sauce solutions does a lot of things the hard way. Yes. That is I, correct. I noticed some, that. Some by choice, some by uh, just uh, financial constraints. I, I, I really like that. I liked your answers to the questions today were great to hear. So I came up in kitchens as a, as a chef, and sometimes you're working in a kitchen where they're cutting corners that make you uncomfortable. And sometimes mm -hmm. they're cutting corners that make you think, why are we doing all this extra work and we could cut corners that would work better. And that in middle road are always the best kitchens to be in where they're cutting the right corners in the right way. And, you know, yeah, you're not going to squeeze all the lemons for all your lemon juice. That's just ridiculous. You're going to get a good lemon juice somewhere. That I means. mean, I, I used to squeeze all my limes back but in the day. You stopped. One thousand percent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 You have Dana to me on that. She's like, no, it's got to be fresh squeeze. This process stuff tastes different. I'm like, I understand that, but I'm not squeezing enough lemons for 40 gallons of sauce or limes for 40 gallons of sauce. It's yeah, I, I will. When I first got going, I will confess to having squoze all of my own limes as well. That was just yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, well, and there's there's three levels to that. There's like the squeeze it all yourself, which is fantastic. And if you're going to do a Michelin star restaurant, restaurant, you're going to have to do that. Uh, you can eat in a really nice restaurant and they buy the really good squeezed lemon. And then you can eat in a restaurant that buys, you know, Denny's or anywhere else. Then they buy real lemon. Real lemon, all one word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with sodium bisulfate and potassium sorbate in it. And, you know, that's a whole different monster. It tastes lemony, kind of, you know? And salty. <laughs> and salty, yeah, and right. weird. Lemon right. and salt. Yeah. So you just, you know, it's it's that in-between that I like a lot. And people that recognize that and move towards that, uh, I, I prefer that. It makes sense. Because I like when people, well, Zach, I have a, a great appreciation for the extra work you put in. I, I love that. I, I can't do a, a lot of the stuff that you do. I just, I, I can't go to that level. If I could start over and begin this from scratch again, I would fire roast a fucking thing. <laughs> Cause you know what? 
when you're doing eight ten gallons, it's all fun and games because yeah. you know, yes. the pepper quantity is not that big of a deal. You get a forty gallon kettle, and you're like, "What? What the fuck was I thinking?" And yeah. if you don't have like a barrel roaster, or you're working out of a shared kitchen space that won't like let you upgrade a little bit on your own dime, like I want to pay for, I want a forty eight inch griddle because roasting all this shit on a twenty four inch griddle, it just takes forever. Like, and they they won't let me do it. And I was just like, "Mom." That's it. Like I'm, I'm gonna pay for it, and then I pay you extra because I'm storing more of my stuff here. So how does that not make sense to you? But whatever. <laughs> That's why I started doing our premium sauces. We've got a line of premium sauces we started this year so that I could go the extra mile with some of these things. So we had this amazing farmer's market that we're in and we have all this i've been right next to us there's this place called calhoun uh family fruit and they there's just giant peaches right next to us every day and so i did a bourbon peach this year we did a green mole i'll send you a bot this is the green mole i'll send you this bottle actually oh fantastic we just sold it out and that's it it's one batch <laughs> a year it's while everything's fresh and i can do that and then do the other sauces where you know we're just kind of doing it's they're really good um but we're hitting that middle of the road with everything instead of just doing everything by hand you um, should I send thought, him the uh drunken red and green too i will absolutely yeah thank I you i like the name of it made with I, beer work yeah nice yeah it, the beer companies like to give out the, i mean because they can make extra work in a second so they'll give out work um for pretty cheap so i like that it's easier than buying the beer and i think it you get more of the properties of the beer that work better so. yeah i would suspect you get a lot more maltiness out of that yes yeah, it's really nice. And the sugars, you do it does make it a little bit more difficult because you have to make sure you're getting the right one that you've uh that has the the brick or whatever. You guys, you probably know this better than me since you have to do everything at such a high level. Um, but uh you have to make sure it's exactly right. Um, uh, but other than that, it's you know, uh I have a question for you that's kind of off off topic. Obviously, you check your acidity, um, but do you check your water activity? Do you have a, a meter for that? We do bricks on some of the some of the product that we make. We don't really analyze the water activity. When we send that up to UC Davis as part of the process authority, yeah. they do a lot of the checks on that, and then we just adhere to whatever it is that we send it up to them. Yeah, we send ours to WSU, and it's the same thing. They check it for us. I, I was curious because I'm thinking about getting, a, what is it, a meter, a water activity? There's a word a for it. AW. Yeah, I just wanted to be able to have it so I could know because there's sometimes when I'm wanting to play with the water amount, but I don't want to get, I, I don't want to send it out and have to pay for that. And then, you know what I mean, for nothing. So I was thinking about getting one and I didn't know if at your level you guys tested it on a regular basis. Or this viscosity level, we actually do quite a bit just by knowing the product um, and we can see it at scale when it hits that, when it hits the right viscosity. You know, there's, there's often a conversation of, Hey, does this look a little loose to you today? Does this look a little little heavy? Yeah, and we can really we can really as a team kind of eyeball that and and get it down to the proper window. Yeah, I I can nail it. like sometimes um I I can walk in the kitchen and say that's too thick. I can see it. Right, Something, something's up. Uh, it that's going to be frozen in the bottle in an hour. Yep. You know. <laughs> so um, do you only check uh, the bricks on high sugar content stuff? It's mainly if we get a product in from another co-packer where they've got the bricks already listed on there and we're trying to match up to something that's already there. That's when we're primarily using that bricks just to make sure that we're in the same window that they are. Makes sense. Uh, this is, I think, my favorite podcast we've done yet. I love this kind of stuff. I, I... <laughs> Because I learned so much more about our industry and what we're doing and hopefully where we're going at some point. You know what I mean? 
Uh, so that's a nice thing. And oh. in this area, there isn't anybody like what you do. Um, so it's really good for us to mm. be able to grow in our there. area. Because I've had you uh, come to me and say, if you were, if you had the ability, uh, you could do really well. And I've been like, I know. <laughs> I, I hear you. Uh, Tucson. Tucson does not really have any. We don't have any co-packers. Uh, yeah. yeah. There, there are plenty of co-packers out here, but a lot of them are at like the next step or even the step after that above us. It's very rare that you find one that is in the, the volume that we are. It's very rare to find one that'll run 40 to 80 gallons for you. And it's even rarer to find someone that does 40 to 80 gallons for you uh, ex almost exclusively in hot sauce. So we are kind of, we're a very odd bird in the industry. And as such, we get, we get a lot of, of inquiries on a daily basis. Many of them that we have to turn down, we're getting hit with, uh, do you do spicy jams? Can you run this chili oil for us? I've got this particular product that has, you know, God knows what in there. I'd say we turn down probably four out of the five people that contact us almost immediately. And then the remainder, we really have to kind of figure out if it is a good fit or not. It, it's pretty rare to find a co-packer that's at this volume, even in Southern California. So I'm going to turn the corner a little bit for your own hot sauce. I mean, I see quite a few and you seem to do a lot of those, what you call micro batches. How, what's the size of a micro batch for you? Uh, right now it's 40 gallons or less. Okay. Like, like a one, one forty gallon or less, just something yeah. that I'll run off just one time yeah, so 75 cases judging by the ingredients i've seen in your sauces you seem like you might have the same issue that i and i know zach has which is i can't stop making sauces in my brain am <laughs> i am i right or am i yes. completely wrong okay yeah, yeah. I, i'm constantly doing that as well I mean, we're creeping up on 40 sauces and it's ridiculous <laughs> and it's not all at once. We don't have 40. It's right. throughout the year, but still it's like, and my wife won't let me do the grocery shopping. Because <laughs> as soon as I go out, walk in the grocery store, I'm making a sauce in my head. <laughs> Ooh, jackfruit. <laughs> yeah, exactly it. <laughs> I was just jackfruit. curious about that. It's so sticky, it's man. Like you gotta like pre-boil it to get that sticky off of it before you do anything with it. I yeah, love yeah, like new. Could make a good sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Do you have any hot sauce hot takes? Like everybody else believes this across the board. I'll tell you mine. Now, Valentina sure. is an exception. Cholula, Tapatio, Tabasco. I'm gonna tell you, I feel the same way about Crystal. I think they're all kind of garbage sauces. I just don't. I, <laughs> Don't, they're great ingredients. They're not great hot sauces. And that's that's my opinion on that. I, lots of people feel different, but that's my hot take. Do you have one? Oh, I'm sure I can come up with a few. I've said this about the beer industry too. Like every beer has, has a time and a place. Even like, you know, a, a, a Coors Light, for example, which I think a lot of people would consider to be just a, a crappy, watery American beer. You're out mowing the lawn and it's, you know, 100 degrees that day and you come in to grab a beer. That's probably the beer you're going to go for instead of, you know, like a dark Guinness or, an, or a double IPA yeah. or something like that. I feel, the, I feel the same way. Yeah, a, a sour. Yeah, I think that the, the, the hot sauce there is, is kind of similar in that there's a time and a place for every just about every hot sauce out there. I won't go too crazy. I'll tell you some that I see with new to market companies. One of the biggest mistakes that I see is uh, everybody else is in five ounce bottles. So I don't want to be in five ounce bottles. I'm going to be in this fancy flashy bottle oh, that costs th three times as much to, to procure. Um, they come in and out of, of the market. You know, if you're trying to, to buy those bottles, the next time you need to run a product, 
it may or may not be available. They're difficult to label. Sometimes it'll have a front and a rear to label. Like I, I see a lot of that and I tend to I tend to try to talk new to market companies. I try to as best I can educate them why I think five ounce bottles are so ubiquitous and why you should really consider going that with the new to market product. The other thing that I see is yeah, everybody's in five ounces. Why well, I want to be in 10 ounces or 12 ounces or you know eight ounces, uh, a lot of that, which if you're already at market, I, I think there is a time and a place for that. But just straight out of the gate, I, I always recommend if you're new to if you're new to the market, you're new to the game, stick with the five ounce bottles. Go with what works. Let the sauce do the talking for you. Yeah. Um, let me think if I can come up. Oh, another good one. Uh, truffles. Truffles. Oh yeah. <laughs> I enjoy truffles, but there is such a push for when truffles are part of the product that that's got to be the only thing that you're getting out of it. And a lot of times it isn't even real truffle. It's going to be essence or oil or, or what have you. That truffle. stuff they used to make the essence truffle oil for truffle our fries oil. in a restaurant. Oh, right. Yeah. And we made a product, uh, Jay and I did, that was called the, the Subtle Teas. And it's got just a little bit of white truffle on the back. It's back so good. Just, just a very subtle tease of, of truffle, <laughs> truffleness. My take is I feel like that's the way truffles are supposed to be used in a, in a sauce. Just a tiny little brief accent that you get on the, the very back of the palate. I agree. Yes. So the only truffle sauce I've had is truff, and it was really, really nice consistency. I think the consistency was beautiful. That was the best thing I could say about the sauce. It would actually be a really good sauce without the truffle in it. Uh, it's a whatever. Very neat package as well. I will, I will grant them that. Yeah, the same exact thing that you said. Yeah, uh, I, I don't care about the. That's me with the packaging. I'm like, eh, I, you know, I don't care about the package. Um, it's, eh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grump. Uh, I'm, trying to think, I'm trying to think if I've got any other good, good hot takes, but I think those are those are three good ones. Those were yeah. really three good ones, yeah, and pretty much uh, right along line the lines that uh, Zach and I, I think have brought all those up at some point or another. How do you feel about boxes, like really fancy boxes? When you know you're as a consumer, when I do the buy something and I see these really like they've been printed really nice and da da da. da. Um, mm -hmm. I noticed yours when you sent. Uh, the sauce to me, it was the same packaging that Zach has, which I actually like. It's really uh, understated um, and it's not, uh, it doesn't have a bunch of flash to it. It's just going to get the bottle there in good condition, but still, and still be nice. Uh, it, the reason it looks so much like Zach's is because he asked us if we needed any when he placed an order about a year or so ago. And we're like, yeah, we should probably get a few thousand of those. And we're still working off the, the big pallet that he delivered down to us of those things. That's awesome. Um, I'm still working on the same palette, man. I'm getting okay, close, good. though. Good, good. Glad it's not just close. us. I kind of <laughs> feel like your bottles didn't fit in those boxes. They were just like an eighth inch too tall. Well, you remember, we now have our bottles from a different company. Because when we were doing the whole mystery box thing, like your bottles wouldn't like... Yeah. They just wouldn't fit in there and the box wouldn't close right. Our bottle company, uh, we had some <laughs> issues. They switched from, from the 12-pack to 24 and we oh. have six of our sauces with U.S. Foods, and so we were having to buy boxes to replace the boxes that we were getting from them, which was right. costing us more money, and it was around. And so um, even though we like the company, they've been really good to us, uh, where we've had to get bottles from somewhere else. And I ordered uh, bottles from this company, and they see, they were really cheap, and I'm like, okay, this is a test run. I'm going to see how this works. And I was a little iffy. I called them up. I made them assure me that they came in 
boxes of 12. I asked specifically because of our other company and they said, yes. And then the bottles showed up without any boxes. Yeah, oh yeah. Bulk packs. Yeah. And we have to take all of our stuff down into a basement that we have this special room set aside box by box. Like I, I really can't wait till we get in a facility can just park the damn thing. Uh, right. We have to fire line it down into this basement. So I saw that and I was like, that can, it, you're taking that back. <laughs> it, it, you cannot overstate how much time and energy it takes to build out case boxes when you don't get them. Because we have gotten two ounce Bostons and four ounce Bostons that were bulk packed. Like I, I suspect like, like your 12 ounces came in and building case boxes is just, it's insane. Yeah. We thought to ourselves, well, it can't be that big a deal. You know, you just got to build a box. But you're not just building the box. You're building the box. You're building the internals that go into the box, the dividers. You're yeah. taping it up. And you're doing that for, you know, 75, case, 75 cases at a time. It takes a lot of time and energy and ultimately money. Where'd it go? There it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. And it was... It, it, so not only was it exposed right there, but down in the bottom left-hand corner, they were flowing oh. out. And the guy walked up and handed me about six bottles and said, these were on the floor. And I'm like, yeah. I, there's nothing I can do with those. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I have got, I've gotten bulk pallets like that before. Never, never exposed and ripped like that. But that I've had a ridiculous. pallet show up that was full of loose bottles like that. And I'm like, what in the world are we going to do with these? Yeah. I mean, I, the first thing I thought is how are we going to get those down into a basement? Right. <laughs> that's not going to happen. Right. Oh that's, man. Uh, that's uh, over 5,000 bottles on there. Cause you can actually get more on them because they're bulk packed. So yep. you might even be closer to like 6,000 bottles. Yeah, I think it was 6,500. Yeah. 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 No way. To their credit owned, I thought was going to be a big fight. They owned up to the issue. They made a call on the fly and they took them back. So yeah. not expect that at all. Yeah. That's a good company. Yeah. Hopefully they didn't get their ish together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were getting them from a really good place in Portland, and the price was good and everything. And then COVID hit, and they doubled in price. Yeah. Um, I think they tripled in price. It was ridiculous. Local, um, local company here, when I first started making sauce, it was 19 cents a bottle. Mm -hmm. And like one cent for a cap. And then COVID hit, and then it went to 27 cents. And then towards the end of COVID, they were at 47 cents. I'm like, you are on fucking drugs like i can't spend 47 cents on one bottle like that is ridiculous and then they wanted like a thousand dollars to ship it from phoenix to tucson there was one point during covid that we were out of caps and i needed caps and nobody had caps yeah. and i ha i ended up paying 12 cents per cap to get caps in in time for a production run i almost like, sent just, remember when i almost sent some to you zach you yeah. found some before I did, but yeah. I had a, I saw that coming and ordered an extra 10,000 caps and it was like gold and I was ready to like yeah. cash in. <laughs> yeah. It, it was insane. It. Yeah. The companies, the companies that are selling caps had no problem with that. They were selling them at 12 cents, 15 cents, 20 cents a piece. Yeah. I can't do that That's kind of stuff. No, me either. No. It's it's that community over competition thing, you know. When we first started, right. I reached out to Secret Aardvark about something, just asking a question, not really knowing, you know, much. And they were so nice. And one of their reactions to it was community over competition. And I've kept that with me ever since and tried to, you know, keep it going because you have to, you know. It's, yes. If we don't all kind of keep each other going, it's not going to be a good community. Agree wholeheartedly. Uh, with the exception of those, you know, top sauce makers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you want to be a crafter, 
make shit at your house and give it away. That's one thing, man. But like once you start selling it over, that's right. know, over state lines, like, it's a whole thing. Like, yeah. Once you once you put the for sale sign up in your website, you are officially in the game. And when you're in the game, you gotta be legit. Yeah, yeah. I, I would tell cooks when I was when I was on the line, I would tell them it sounds kind of gross, really, when you think about it, but what we do is more intimate in some ways than sex, because what we're creating with our hands, they're literally ingesting and it's becoming a part of them. And you have to yeah. realize the weight of that when you're sending that food out. We have to take that into consideration. You have to realize that it's becoming a part of these people. And I certainly want everybody to treat the food that I eat with the respect I think it deserves. So. Yes. All right. So hot sauce show and tell. So I, I like this actually, Zach, I think our guests should be able to say, use their own hot sauce. Okay. That's yeah. I fine. think we're, I we're changing the rules right now. This is it. So Tim's I, changing the rules. We're, we're we're switching it up just for Tim. Well, I think I didn't tell yes. him the rules. <laughs> oh. I think I, I did. I don't even, I don't even point, know what the rules are. Yeah, I, I didn't tell there him. There are no rules. That's why I say, beginning yeah. of every episode, welcome to the shit show, or welcome to our shit show. <laughs> All right, so, Tim, you want to go first. Which one did you bring out? Smoked pepper me? sauce. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Smoked pepper? That was your first one, too, right? Yeah, who, who's talking? Are you, are you asking me what I have here? Yes, yeah. yes. What's yours? Ah, okay. Yeah, I got the, the smoked pepper sauce, which we had chatted about earlier in the episode. I have that not had the, that one yet. That was the one that I put together when I was working um, in the tech world and, you know, did A-B testing with all of my friends and family and coworkers for years and years and years. And I had about three different varieties of that that particular flavor. That's what I brought to market with the company originally. And then I, I eventually condensed that down to one product. It's just called smoked pepper sauce. It's like my 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 oldest born there is what that one is. What peppers are you using in it? Uh, smoked habaneros go in there. Oh, nice. There's, there's also some uh, Bonnet and Savina in there, if I remember correctly. I noticed you use Savina as kind of an accent a lot. I do like the habanero range. That's kind of where I, I like to be. That's, habanero is the perfect pepper to me. I tend to agree. You got good flavor, good heat it's not overpowering it that, can be hot it can be really hot but yeah not that overwhelming. fruitiness that you get with it is really good really nice it just lends itself to whatever you're putting in there it's great works with citrus works with fruit yeah and that's actually why i picked this one i had a bunch of different sauces but this one is pineapple <laughs> habanero and turmeric another sauce that you wouldn't typically like because it has pineapple in it Yep. I mean, this was sent to me by somebody. Um, uh, like I said, Roger Roger Damp sent, sent this to I don't me. like pineapple. I don't like strawberries. But here you are, like two weeks in a row, eating a sauce that has pineapple in it. So the thing is, is that I'm I... Just so, fuck, I'm just fucking with you. No, man. I know that. But I do. I like to be won over. <laughs> um, we, I, we've got a pineapple mango and banana jerk. And I don't care about mango at all. Pineapple, I'm, I like in certain applications, but not as much as other people. Tim, and, the funny thing is he claims he's not a picky eater. And I hate banana, but I love that <laughs> sauce. I really, I love that sauce. All right, I'm going to take a swig of this. Oh, that's really good. That's, uh, so you know, the pineapple doesn't overtake everything. It's the turmeric I'm tasting more than anything. And a lot of chunks. This is a really good sauce. Pineapple, onion water, rice vinegar, lime juice, vegetable oil. It is kind of creamy, so that makes sense. Uh, oils, why vegetable oil? Habanero, ginger. I tasted the ginger. Kosher salt, garlic. Oh, I hate spice. Don't say spice. Put what's in it. <laughs> Tim says spice. I do spice every now and then. Oh, yeah. do you? Guilty. There was a piece of ginger in there, which is a nice, you know, the hair of the ginger. All right. What you got, Zach? 
I like those people that include salt in their spice blend without <laughs> actually listing it as an ingredient. I just don't like when they do peppers. Peppers. Like, oh, come on. Tell me what's in it. Well, if it says peppers, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to have a, like a parenthesis sub-ingredient to list it. I, I, I don't fucking care. Anyway, so I got this Lucky <laughs> Dog Chrome. Yeah, there you go. New and revised. So um, who makes this? Lucky Dog. This is a hedonist exclusive sauce, or it used to be. More garlic is what he told me. Uh, some more peppers, maybe. I don't remember. A little thin. Delicious, though. What we got here? Is it chrome or is it white labeled? I can't really see from here. It's chrome. Okay. Mandarin orange. Drake's paleo. Yeah, I definitely like this version than the previous version. More. Just wish it was a little thicker. How do you feel about uh, thicker, thin sauces, Tim? Uh, I typically prefer thicker sauces. Yeah, I kind of like when they're a little bit chewy and they stay, you know, if you were to pour a little dollop onto a, mm -hmm. a, a cracker or something, I want to see it dollop up there. I don't like to see it run off everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I have a couple sauces that are on the thinner side, are carrot, but I actually have plans in my head to thicken those up a little bit. <laughs> After doing them a while, I like them a little thicker. But as we all know, getting that thickness just right can be a real pain in the ass. <laughs> yes. I mean, all of our sauces were thin when I first started, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then as I like, I'm like, wait a minute, this is people, yeah, they some people like it, some people don't. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna make sauces the way I want it. I want it thick. What's the uh high desert motto? Uh we make sauces that well, it's not the motto, but we have you know, <laughs> a little thank you card that says at HDSC we make sauces that we love. I love that. <laughs> Dana came up with it. It's great. I love it. Do you have anything to add, Zach? No, I think it's a pretty good episode. Definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, Tim, thank you so much. I learned a lot. I uh, really like talking to you. This has been fantastic. I, I Everything that you've said about your philosophy and all the things that I've heard, uh, your sauces, that Nopales sauce, I oh, really wow. love that sauce. Um, thank you, that. Appreciate it. Yeah, that was a that was a moment, and it was, I think it did it happen on camera, Zach. It was our test run. Wasn't it, it was our test run. Yeah, yeah, I've got it on camera somewhere. I grew up in Southern California eating nopales mm -hmm. that our neighbors would make. They had cactus in their backyards. They would cut it off and they would make nopales for us. And so when I ate that, it was like bringing me back to my childhood, which is amazing. You know, it was like holy moly. I oh, I love that. Years. Yeah. So yeah, it was a special sauce. I love that. When we were making that sauce for the first time at 40 gallons, it, it had this smell. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is right. It smells kind of funky. Ooh, I don't know. And then, you know, after a while, we finally got everything in there. We tasted it out. We're like, oh no, this is exactly perfect. This is what we were going for. But that stink of cactus cooking at yeah. 40 gallons was overpowering. <laughs> oh, I bet. I've grown yeah. to love it now because I, I know what to expect. But when we first ran that, oh, man, I was having my doubts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, and, this, and, of course, the, the smoked strawberry surprised me. That was, the, that was the capper. So you can always – a lot of companies have one sauce that you'll be like, oh, that's pretty good. But I had that smoked strawberry. And knowing that I don't like strawberries and having it and going, this is brilliant. And I looking at the moves you made in the sauce and going well that's, that was actually a jay sauce which is his business partner oh okay well, okay that's, that's i mean that's they, they, they all still make it no no that's a collab sauce that's oh is it CHSS, so yeah that was he and i you get you get little pieces of jay little pieces of me going into those guys and you see things little things like uh the the lemon zest uh, i think that was the last ingredient but seeing and tasting it right then as i'm seeing it it's like oh Yes. I mean, you just get those little moments. I love that. That's fantastic. 
We actually made that one for a strawberry festival here in Vista one year. And it was supposed to be a one-time thing. We'll just run it, you know, for the festival, whatever. And it had this crappy little paper label on it. And we put it out there and it just went crazy. And it, we sold out that day. We had people contacting us the next week. Hey, when are you going to make more of that? Hey, when are you going to make more of that? So we decided to, we should probably add that one to the repertoire. So that one stayed in the catalog ever since. That's awesome. I just had that happen a couple days ago. I, I did a class with a bunch of kids at the university. They were doing a camp and they asked me, it was a pizza camp, but they wanted me to make hot sauce with them. And I made a watermelon curry. Oh, wow. It'd been in the back of my head to do this watermelon curry for a long time. And we, I made it and they helped me make it. It was a lot of fun. And the teacher came and said, so where's the, where's the watermelon curry? Can I get it yet? And I'm like, dude, it's like next year. If we do it, then yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a while. These are, this is not a short process. It takes a while. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much again, Tim. Uh, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I'll keep talking to you all night. So yeah. I mean, right. if one of us doesn't call it, we, we will sit here for hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah I love it. Good company. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Enjoy being here. Anytime. Thank you. You take care now. All right. Take care, y'all. Later, buddy. Flavor Balance Heat, the podcast for hot sauce lovers and makers, was brought to you by Irish Spikes Unique Hot Sauces, High Desert Sauce Co., and Vandal Pepper Sauces. This is a Spike Mine Media Production.